you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host, never standing down from my podcasting responsibilities, even during a time of quarantine. Hopefully you are staying safe and you have self-quarantined yourself. And I thought this week, probably a good idea, since you're going to be spending a whole lot of time at home, would be to offer suggestions of comedy movies that you might want to see again or see for the first time, be introduced to. So I have put together this very long list of comedy movies, and I don't know where you can find them necessarily. I'm sure a lot of these are available on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and all the various streaming services. And in other cases, you might actually have the DVD or they may pop up on Turner Classic Movies, something like that. In any event, um, there are enough of these that even if you see five or six you know, that'll keep you going for a week or so. So that's what we're doing this week on Hollywood and Levine. We are talking about comedy movies that you should see. So get out a paper and pencil and take some notes. And I'm going to bounce around from era to era. It's not all going to be very recent stuff. In fact, there's not a lot of very recent stuff. I'm going to go back and tell you about some screwball comedies from the 30s and 40s and work our way up into the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, a couple in the 2000s, but basically a wide variety of comedy and styles, hopefully one to suit your tastes. Okay, so let's start. We're going to go back to 1941 and a movie called The Lady Eve, and it was written and directed by Preston Sturgis, who was very funny. He was also a really good director. He did some other great movies like Sullivan's Travels and The Great McGinty, but I think this one is his best. It stars, are you ready? Henry Fonda, that comic genius, and Barbara Stanwyck, But it really, really is hilarious. It's a great combination of misunderstandings, lots of really sharp, witty, funny lines, and tons of physical comedy, lots of pratfalls, The Lady Eve. 
There's another movie with Eve in the title that I want to point out, and that is All About Eve. Now, this was from 1950. It was also black and white. And this movie was so well-received that it won the Oscar for the best movie of the year in 1950. stars Betty Davis and Ann Baxter. It was written by Joseph Mankiewicz, and the dialogue is absolutely spectacular in this movie. I mean, crackling. You have to see All About Eve. It won, like I said, Best Picture. It was nominated for 14 Academy Awards. And this is a comedy. Think about it. How many comedies get nominations for Academy Awards? Very few. It won six, including Best Picture. Okay, now I've got to throw in volunteers at some point. Come on. Uh, 1985, the movie that my partner David Isaacs and I wrote, starring Tom Hanks and John Candy. And I'll tell you the truth, I hadn't seen the movie for a long time. It shows up all the time on HBO and local channels and various streaming services. And uh, a couple of years ago, I had nothing to do one night, and I went to my DVD collection, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to put this on and... When I get bored, I'll just turn it off. Well, I wound up watching the whole thing. And honestly, I like the movie better now than I did when it first came out in 1985. It's very clever, a lot of very funny lines. Uh, At the time, all I could see were the mistakes. And there still are things that make me cringe. And it's still a little too long. But you'll get a lot of laughs. You'll have a lot of fun. So even though I know I'm kind of tooting my own horn here, check out Volunteers. There's another Tom Hanks movie. It's really the one that kind of launched him a few years before called Splash. That was very funny. It was him and Daryl Hannah. And Daryl Hannah was a live mermaid. But it was written by Lowell Gantz and Babalu Mandel. Not a great name, Babalu Mandel. Well, they were a couple of TV writers, and they teamed up, and for a stretch of about 10, 15 years, they were like the top comedy screenwriters in town. They're both very, very funny. Another movie that they did that uh, most people don't remember back in 1982, it's called Night Shift. And it was directed by Ron Howard, I believe, and it stars Michael Keaton. And this was the movie that really launched Michael Keaton. It's Michael Keaton, Henry Winkler, and Shelley Long. And I think they set up a, uh, a brothel in a morgue, something like that. Anyway, Night Shift, check that out. Uh, Arthur is another movie that I absolutely love. And I've talked a lot about this on my podcast and my blog. It's a movie that was written and directed by Steve Gordon. And he wrote brilliantly funny dialogue. You have Liza Minnelli as the love interest, and it works. Even with with Liza Minnelli. Wow. Now, uh, current sensibilities uh, find that this movie is problematic in some areas. I mean, the 
lead character, Arthur, is a drunk and drives around with a bottle and a paper bag just drinking, going down the Hudson Parkway. Not something that you would necessarily do in a movie today, but still, back then, uh, if you look at it as a timepiece, it's very, very funny. That's 1981. There was a very sweet movie in 1982 called Diner. And this was written and directed by Barry Levinson. It was very much an autobiographical movie about the time that he and a bunch of friends in the late 50s, early 60s grew up in Baltimore and used to hang out at the diner. Kevin Bacon is in this movie which is one of the reasons why when you have Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, this is an ensemble piece with Danny Stern and Paul Reiser and Mickey Rourke got his first real movie role in this. Uh, there's like there's a lot of people. Steve Gutenberg is in it, Ellen Barkin. There's a lot of people. Like I said, it's very much an ensemble comedy, but it's very realistic. It's very funny. And again, I would recommend Diner. Certainly one of the great romantic comedies of the last 30, 40 years would be When Harry Met Sally. That was 1989, directed by Rob Reiner. And it was written by Nora Ephron, although I understand a lot of other people did some rewriting on it. Uh, but that was the movie that launched Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan's career. This is one of those movies, especially if you like rom-coms, you got to go see again. Uh, I'm guessing most of you have seen this one already, but still, for an evening, what the hell, check it out again. You will enjoy it. There was a series of pictures in the 40s called Road Pictures that starred Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. And they were these two clowns that would go on these various adventures. Probably the best of the series was the third one, which was The Road to Morocco. And uh, that's one that I invite you to see. My favorite brunette is a movie starring Bob Hope. Now, a lot of you do not know who Bob Hope is. Bob Hope was maybe the most well-known entertainer of most of the 20th century. He did vaudeville. He did radio. He did television. He did movies. He hosted the Oscars. He did a stand-up routine. He would go out with a caravan and entertain troops behind enemy lines during wars. He was a huge, huge personality. And as he got older, this kind of character that he played of this womanizer, coward, it got really, really creaky. But if you go back to his early movies in the 40s, you will find that there is a lot to laugh at with Bob Hope. Now, American Pie go from a 1942 movie to one of 1999. American Pie was a raunchy R-rated teen comedy that was damn funny. And uh, yeah, not a lot of high road material there, 
but still really, really well done. Written by Adam Hertz, directed by Chris and Paul White. Another brother team also did some raunchy movies during that period, the Farrelly Brothers. Their best movie was called Something About Mary from 1998. It starred Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz. That movie is hilarious. Bill Murray has been in a number of films, and I could recommend probably three or four, but if I had to pick one, it would probably be the one that you haven't seen. And it was his first one, and it was called Meatballs. And it was done by Ivan Reitman. It was his intro into the movie world. And it's Bill Murray as a camp counselor. It's very sweet, and it's very funny, and it's Bill Murray at its best. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, 1948. You're going, what the hell is that? Well, remember back in the 40s and 30s, there were all of these horror movies, these classic horror films about Dracula with Bela Lugosi and Frankenstein with Boris Karloff. Well, they're all in this movie. This is a movie that, like I said, 1948 is kind of a spoof on that. And it starred Abbott and Costello, who are Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello were a comedy team. If you've ever heard the radio routine, Who's On First? That was Abbott and Costello. But they were, for a time in the 40s, the number one box office draw. Movies like Buck Privates and things, Dance With Me Henry. They did a lot of movies and they were mega, mega comedy stars. And this was actually one of their better movies and it still kind of holds up. It's still kind of funny. So you might want to check out this Curiosity, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein from 1948. League of Their Own, Tom Hanks was in that movie. I think Babalu Mandel and Lowell Gantz wrote that. It was directed by Penny Marshall. Another baseball movie that is mostly comedic. I love Bull Durham. That was from 1988 and it starred Kevin Cosner. I might have told this story that During 1988, I was broadcasting for the Syracuse Chiefs, the minor league club of the Toronto Blue Jays, and we were in Toledo, and I went to see that movie one afternoon with a bunch of players. And as we're walking out, one of the players, a pitcher, said to me, that's a piece of shit. I said, why, Frank? What was wrong with it? And he goes, it's a 2-1 count, and he asked for a slider low and away. It's like, come on. He would never do that. So... I'm amazed that it was a box office hit making such mistakes as that. A big comedy movie, 1958. It's called Some Like It Hot. And it was written by Billy Wilder and I.A.L. Diamond, directed by Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder was a very prolific director in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and very versatile. He did dramas like Double Indemnity and Sunset Boulevard and Lost Weekends, and also comedies like One, Two, Three, which I recommend, and 
The Apartment, which in 1960 is another comedy that was so good that it won the best movie Oscar of the year. But my favorite is Some Like It Hot, and it's from 1958, and it's with Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. And the plot is you go back to Al Capone times during Prohibition, and they happen to witness the St. Valentine's Day massacre, and one of the gangsters spot them. So now they are on the lam, and these gangsters are trying to find him and kill him. And what they do is they dress up as women and join an all-girls jazz band taking a train down to Florida, and uh, among the members of the jazz band is Marilyn Monroe. Very funny movie, Some Like It Hot. I'm going to go back now again to 1938 and a movie that I myself just put on and watched a couple of nights ago and found delightful. It's called Bringing Up Baby, and it was directed by Howard Hawks, who is known for fast-paced, rat-a-tat-tat dialogue. It starred Cary Grant, so right there, it's a winner, Cary Grant, and Kate Hepburn, and a leopard. And this too, a lot of Pratt Falls, some very funny lines. The action just moves like a bullet train. And interestingly, when this movie came out in 1938, it was a bomb. And it was such a bomb that it almost killed Kate Hepburn's career. And what saved her was two years later doing another romantic comedy, The Philadelphia Story, also starring Cary Grant, and this time along with Jimmy Stewart. And that really salvaged her career. I cannot recommend The Philadelphia Story enough. It was originally a play by Philip Barry and then became a movie directed by George Kukar. And it is delightful. It is Cary Grant at his best. Now, what is my favorite Cary Grant movie? Well, that would have to be His Girl Friday from 1940. That, too, was directed by Howard Hawks. It was Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell, and it was adapted from a play called The Front Page by Ben Hecht and Charles MacArthur. And what Hawks decided to do, since both of those characters were men, was flip it and make one of them a woman. And that gave a whole new spin to the movie. And the movie was written by Charles Lederer and also Ben Hecht, although Ben Hecht was not credited. And then, and, and you know, I love to dig out writers and give them credit where credit is due. Um, a guy named Maury Riskin, was hired about two, three months before they went into production to spruce up the dialogue. The dialogue is great. It is just hilarious. It, too, is just so witty. It just crackles. Maury Riskin did most of the dialogue, said that he had changed at least half of the dialogue in the movie. Uh, His Girl Friday is a screwball comedy, and if I had to pick my top five favorite comedies that one would definitely be in it. Uh, Let's skip ahead now to 1987, 
And a movie called Broadcast News was written and directed by James L. Brooks, who also co-created the Mary Tyler Moore Show, Taxi, Simpsons, and had the movie Terms of Endearment. Well, this was his follow-up to Terms of Endearment, and it's called Broadcast News. It starred Holly Hunter, William Hurt, and Albert Brooks. Really well worth seeing. Speaking of Albert Brooks, he had a brief moment in time where he was writing and directing and starring in movies. And the best of those, and he made about four or five, is called Lost in America, 1985. He and Julie Haggerty, and they decide to just quit their jobs and take their nest egg and get a Winnebago and drive across the country. There is an amazing scene where he goes to Las Vegas and Julie Haggerty loses all their money gambling. And so Albert Brooks goes to the manager of the Desert Inn Hotel played by Gary Marshall, tries to sell him on the idea of giving them their money back. It is a wonderful scene, and it really launched Gary Marshall's career as an on-camera presence. There's Tootsie from 1982, directed by Sidney Pollack, written by Larry Gelbart and 52 other people, starred Dustin Hoffman. It's a great movie. But uh, I asked Larry Gelbart one time, so what was it like writing Tootsie? And he said he learned a lesson from that movie. He says, never write a movie for an Oscar-winning star who isn't as tall as the statue. He did not have a good time. Blazing Saddles, hope you've seen that. Worth seeing again. There's so many gags in that, so many things that I'm sure you have forgotten. That was Mel Brooks and Company 1974. Uh, Andrew Bergman was a writer on that. Richard Pryor was a writer. Norman Steinberg, number of people. But that is uh, an absolute classic. And I think an even better movie from Mel Brooks was his follow-up the following year, which is Young Frankenstein, 1975, starring Gene Wilder. And this is in black and white, even though it was 1975. And it didn't seem to hurt the box office at all. And it was a parody of all of those old universal horror monster films, Dracula, Frankenstein, etc., that I told you about with the Abbott and Costello movie. Well, this was his take on it, and it was great. But my favorite Mel Brooks movie is his very first, and for that you got to go back to 1967, and it's a movie called The Producers. Now, this became a box office hit, it was 1967. It starred Gene Wilder and Zero Mostel, and it had the springtime for Hitler scene in it. And uh, it was, like I said, a big hit. And then, years later, Mel adapted it for the stage and had a giant Broadway hit with the musical of the producers, starring Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane. And from that... They made a movie of the musical 
So it was a movie that became a musical that became a movie of the musical. Don't see the later version. Only see the 1967 version. The later version is awful. There was a French film in 1978 called Le Cage of Fall. It was hilarious. Rarely do I find myself laughing out loud at a French movie with subtitles. But this one was brilliant. And there was a U.S. version called The Birdcage, made in 1996, that was also very funny with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. It was directed by Mike Nichols. And the character that was not in the French movie but was in the uh, Birdcage version was a hilarious character played by Hank Azaria. Birdcage, worth seeing. And then, of course, Le Cajafa became a Broadway musical done by Jerry Herman years later. Four Weddings and a Funeral is a great movie. It was written by Richard Curtis. Now, I'm going to go back to 1962 and a movie that if you read the script, you wouldn't even think it is a comedy. It's called Dr. Strange Love. It was written by Terry Southern and it was directed by Stanley Kubrick. It's very dark. It's black and white. It's about the Cold War and the end of the world. But if you are a student of film, you have to see this movie. Peter Sellers is in it and plays like four parts, and he's brilliant in all of them. And George C. Scott is also hilarious in this film. Again, you got to see it if you are any kind of film student. There's a lovely romantic comedy called Moonstruck. Cher was in it and won an Academy Award. There was a, a romantic comedy by Kevin Smith called Chasing Amy. And it seems to have disappeared, and I don't know why. It starred Ben Affleck and Jason Lee and was very lovely, very funny, very wise, very insightful. A movie in the mid-60s, black and white, Thousand Clowns, was an adaptation of a play by Herb Gardner. And Herb Gardner wrote the movie as well. In fact, it's very, very true to the play. Stars Jason Robards and William Daniels and Barbara Harris, but it's a lovely movie, and I have to say that Thousand Clowns is my all-time favorite comedy play, and to see it with the real people who played the parts on Broadway, it's really a treat. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about Woody Allen for two seconds. If you hate Woody Allen and you want nothing to do with Woody Allen, that's fine. Just ignore the next couple of recommendations. Take the Money and Run from 1969 was a revelation. This was the first time that I remember that it was just a movie just loaded with gags. One hilarious gag after another. The story was really 
kind of nothing. But it was just a series of great gags, and I laughed my ass off in the theater. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to become a comedy writer was after seeing Take the Money and Run. He went on to do Bananas, which was also hilarious, Sleeper, Love and Death. This is before he got into romantic comedies like Annie Hall in Manhattan and then became, quote-unquote, Woody Allen, turning out a movie a year, one every four, turned out to be good movies. But here's my favorite Woody Allen movie, and it's the one Woody Allen movie that he wrote, but he didn't direct. It's called Play It Again, Sam. And this Woody wrote as a Broadway play. And he starred in it for, I believe, a year. It's very, very funny. But he did not direct it. Herbert Ross directed it. And as a result, it's more grounded. It feels more like a real romantic comedy. And uh, if you had to pick one Woody Allen movie from that era to see, I would pick Play It Again, Sam. Moving along now, Heartbreak Kid from 1973. This was written by Neil Simon. It was directed by Elaine May. And I have to give the disclaimer that Jewish men find it hilarious. Jewish women loathe this movie. (laughs) You'll squirm. But uh, Charles Grodin is in it along with Jeannie Berlin, who is Elaine May's daughter and got an Academy Award nomination for this, and also Sybil Shepard, who wasn't funny but never is, and uh, Eddie Albert, who was amazingly funny. Like I said, it's very Jewish, it's very dark, but it's very funny. The In-Laws, 1979, a gem. It was written by Andrew Bergman. It stars Peter Falk and Alan Arkin, one of the great buddy movies of all time. A guy who I went to high school with, Dale Lawner, became a much more successful screenwriter than me, certainly writing comedies. And I'm going to suggest three of his. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. From 1988, wonderful movie. My Cousin Vinny from 1992. Marissa Tomei in that movie won an Academy Award. Also a movie that you rarely hear about anymore called Ruthless People. It was 1986, Bette Midler and Danny DeVito. Bette Midler is kidnapped and Danny DeVito doesn't want her back. It's very sick, but it's very funny. Christopher Guest wrote some wonderful movies. This is Spinal Tap, certainly, is one you have to see. That was directed by Rob Reiner. And Christopher Guest put together kind of an ensemble of SCTV people, and they did a series of movies. Uh, For me, the best was Best in Show, the year 2000. Parker Posey is also in that. Jane Lynch, hilarious Jennifer Coolidge, hilarious. That's one that I would see. Fred Willard as one of the commentators, fantastic. And also Waiting for Guffman, 1996. Eugene Levy, Parker Posey, uh, Christopher Guest himself, uh, Fred Willard, all of those guys 
It's a great, great movie. National Lampoon's Animal House, 1978. Very funny, very raucous. John Belushi starred in that movie. By the way, uh, there's nudity in it, and I, I mention that because years ago, I think my son was like 15, and I said to him, uh, hey, have you ever seen National Lampoon's Animal House? No. Well, I'll put it on. So I put on this movie, and of course, there's nudity, and my son, 15, is going, you're the best dad ever. So just a, a warning to you. Beverly Hills Cop from 1984, one of Eddie Murphy's best movies, if you're an Eddie Murphy fan. Office Space by Mike Judge, that's one you probably have seen. That's one of those comedies that you can just see over and over again. The 40-Year-Old Virgin, 2005, starring Steve Carell. Judd Apatow really kind of launched his career and has had a series of movies knocked up and uh, a few others. But for my money, 40-Year-Old Virgin is the one to see. There was a brilliant filmmaker named John Hughes who wrote and directed a number of great movies uh, during the 80s and then just retired and then, unfortunately, at a very young age, passed away. His best, I think, is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, 1987, starring Steve Martin and John Candy. You cannot have a list of great comedy movies without including A Fish Called Wanda, from 1988, written by John Cleese and a few others. Kevin Klein won a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for that movie. That's one of those things that really holds up. And, of course, John Cleese was part of Monty Python. They had a series of movies. I think their best is Monty Python's Life of Brian from 1979. Back in the 30s and 40s, there was uh, a group of brothers called the Marx Brothers, Groucho and Harpo and Chico and Zeppo, and they were box office sensations. They had a series of movies, all just total anarchy, lots of gags, lots of silliness, and probably the best one is Duck Soup from 1933. The year before, they had another funny movie called Horse Feathers, which was the number one box office hit of the year for 1932. But I think Duck Soup is funnier. This is the movie that has the famous mirror scene. Do you know that scene where Groucho and Harper are on either side of a giant mirror and they're walking back and forth and mirroring each other's moves. And at one point, they even step through the mirror. It's, it's a brilliant, genius bit. But I have to tell you, everybody thinks that they came up with it. No. Harold Lloyd did a very similar bit in an earlier movie, as did Charlie Chaplin. The Coen brothers have gone on to make amazing movies, but if you're looking for just a sheer Coen brothers comedy, 
I refer you to Raising Arizona, 1987, with Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter. Then there's Groundhog Day from 1993 by Harold Ramis, written by Harold Ramis and Danny Rubin. And initially, it received very modest acclaim, but a Bill Murray movie, and it has gone on to become a classic. And finally, I'm going to list a movie that is hilarious, but not on purpose. It is one of the worst, most god-awful movies ever made, and that is Showgirls from 1995, written by Joe Esterhaus. At the time, it was... It was just you know one of those train wrecks that you had to see. A lot of nudity in it. Elizabeth Berkley, remember her from Saved by the Bell? She's naked through most of the movie, but it's so trashy. It is just so terrible that uh, I think one of the reviews called it vile, contemptible, garish, and misogynistic. So for those reasons alone, you have to go see it. Uh, how did it do in Rotten Tomatoes? Approval rate, 22%. So that is Showgirls. And those are the movies that you should probably watch between now and Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. Our thanks always to Adam and Susie Meister Butler, to Howard Hoffman, John Wolfert, Bruce and Jason Miller. If you want to write me, I'm available. I'm just sitting home like everybody else. So I'm here and I will write you back. Hollywood Levine at Outlook.com. That's Hollywood Levine at Outlook.com. I'm also on Twitter at Ken Levine. Also on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. Next week, I am going to do an experiment. Stay safe, stay hermetically sealed, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hollywood and the Vine. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.